Craft Beer Radio, episode 155 on February 12, 2010. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, nine-time gold medalist and thinking of things to say before the show. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, well, it's going to be a very crowd-pleasing week because we're doing IPAs. Fun, delicious, yummy IPAs. Hoppy beers. Let's not waste any time. We have the Saranac Rye IPA here. Not to be confused with the Anheuser-Busch Rye IPA. Yes. This was a beer that was uh, sent to us from the brewery. So both Jeff and I have tasted these Saranacs, and we've been very impressed. I was, you know, we wanted to do a, a vertical of the Saranac beers, and I thought we were going to do it tonight, but the pack isn't out on the shelves anymore. They're on the spring beers now. Mm-hmm. So we screwed the pooch on that. So we're going to try to work them into some uh, style shows here. This, the pack that he's referring to is the 12 beers of winter. winter. And that had the Rye PA, had Maple Porter. It that had was good. Belgian, um, Belgian Ale. Belgian Ale. Uh, moose. Moose. Um, moose something. Moose. It wasn't Moose Drool because that's another brewery. But. <laughs> It's an American IPA of 5.95% alcohol by volume. That's really specific. I mean, that's, <laughs> you're getting down to the hundreds there. That's very specific. 14 in, in uh, original gravity of 14.0, a golden color, they say. Two row and rye for the malt, and Hillertau and Zotz for the hops. It, it, they say the color is golden, and it is. It's it, it's ridiculously clear. Look at that. Yeah, it's very clear. Obviously a filtered beer. And it is... We're drinking in these Sam Adams it is. It's, it's a very pale beer for, um, you know, what you think of when you think of mm-hmm. craft IPA, right? It almost looks... It doesn't look Budweiser-y, but it looks like a, a lager, right? It looks like a Dortmund or something like that. Like a nice golden lager. It's so clear. And it doesn't quite have the same kind of big forward. It's not a West Coast IPA, mm-hmm. right? It's not a huge hop burst, and the rye also helps to kind of give it a little bit of a of a, of a backbone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very biscuity, very malty, and the rye has this little sour. Um, it's almost like yeah, like a lac- like a lactic acid. Yeah. Is that the right word? No, no. no. But it's a, a very sides of my tongue. There's this little zing, this little kind of sour down note. Not really. From it's a bit of an earthy ish note. Uh, it's got, you know, the, the typically rye and caraway go so well together. So right. that, that's a, a good combination there. This is interesting because it uses Zots as a hop. I don't know how many IPAs that use Zots as a hop. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple that that throw those in for. You know, get that more spicy type flavor from mm-hmm. it. And you would think the Zots would work well with rye, don't you think? I mean, the, they're both very spicy. Right. So I could see why it's a natural pairing. And it works really well. I really do enjoy this beer. It's very drinkable. He, he mentioned Zots, but the other hop is Hallertau. So they're both German right. hops, both noble hops with a good spiciness to them. And I think they probably want that because of the rye. You can definitely taste the rye. If I was drinking this blind, I'm not sure I'd call it an IPA. I'd probably call it an American Pale Ale. 
It doesn't quite have the hop character you'd expect from an IPA. I mean, it, it's about six percent, so it's you know getting in that alcohol range, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have yeah, it doesn't doesn't feel West Coast or even really very much East Coast. It feels very uh, continental. It, it tastes like a lot of American pale ales that mm-hmm. I've had, so that's why I'm saying it. And it's not really a knock on the beer; it's just a knock on the categorization of it. And not really a knock much at all. It just help you with your expectations. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, if you want, if you're expecting something ridiculously bright and hoppy, mm-hmm. uh, this is not going to be the beer. And and you might expect that because it has rye in it. So you don't really expect brightness from a rye beer. You tend to expect a little bit more earthy tones. Yeah, and there are, uh, I've had a couple rye IPAs that have gone crazy with the hops, but they're the ones that almost have that liquor liquory. Tight, like, yeah. a, like almost like, a, like imagine like a hop liqueur, right? Where it's this really potent, very concentrated, flavor. resinous stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And and the rye doesn't come through as much. And here, the rye really does come through a mm-hmm. lot. There's definitely rye in here. There's no question. There's right. rye in here. It's a very pleasant drinker. There's um, doesn't build on your tongue. Doesn't get overpowering. Mm-hmm. It's one you can drink a lot. Go great with um, seafood. Uh, seafood. I'm, I'm salmon. Thinking. Go great with your sardines. Yeah, my daily sardines. Mm-mm. Well, you, you segued into it. My diet update, I've been doing it for 32 days, and I've lost 21 pounds. Congratulations. Yep. So That's I have another 15 to 20 to go before I get to where I think I need to be. And are you going to keep – what happens? when? This is interesting because what happens when you get there? Do you stop the diet altogether? Do you slowly when, kind of taper off? Do you What happens continue? when I get there is I um, continue with the lifestyle of keeping track of everything that I eat. But instead of eating 1,400 to you know 1,600 calories a day, I can eat 2,000 or 2,100 calories a day. So I don't have to be as careful. I can enjoy more beer. I can enjoy more cheese and bread. The key is not to start eating not to go twenty five hundred right. three thousand calories a day. So, I imagine. I mean, I used to come over here and we had pizza a lot. I imagine that's kind of gone out of the way. Well, I mean, before we did, we haven't bought pizza in a while. Yeah. I mean, even before I started worrying about my weight or anything. Until April, I'm not going to be indulging very much yeah. in things. After that, as long as I keep the lifestyle of day to day, knowing what I'm eating. Then I'll be able to do things like you know eat a half a pizza on occasion, right? And and, like and of thing, course, when you go on vacation, you you let it slide a little bit. Yeah, the the thing is, if you let, I don't want to get too much into this right now, but real quick, eating this new diet, my my stomach has shrunk. I get full a lot easier now, and if I go and gorge myself once, all that's lost, and I'm going to be hungrier. So I kind of eat smaller portions now on purpose. I went out to eat dinner last night. And before I started eating, I asked for a box and put two-thirds of the dinner in the box. And I was content, you know. And uh, I got looks when I did that. There's a lady beside me, big lady, and her big husband. You know, they eat out a lot. And I wish I could have, like, read her mind or, or would have talked to her. But she was, like, looking at me like, I can't believe he's putting that food in the box. <laughs> well, before I even sucky. taste it. Before I even taste it. So what do you do when you go to – well, all right, we'll discuss this later in the okay. post-show. Sure. Rye PA from Saranac. Like I said before, and it sort of alluded to, Jeff and I have been really impressed with, with the way Saranac, because we used to kind of think of Saranac as kind of samey tasting beers. Uh, I, actually, I, I got a, um, a quote from somebody. I won't embarrass them. I won't say it was on Twitter, though. It always seemed to me that it was different labels, same beer. And yeah, when they sent us this case, you know, 
I'm always open for trying the brewery again. Right. I never write anyone off completely. And when I tried it, I didn't have super high expectations for the Saranac pack. Um, but the the Belgian ale wasn't that Belgian-y. It could have used a little more kick to it. But the other beers, the other beers all had significant amounts of flavor and were enjoyable. Yeah. And the Belgian one wasn't unenjoyable. It just was kind of... Kind of eh for it was it, it, yeah it wasn't exactly it wasn't a superstar mm-hmm. it was just kind of okay here's our attempt at doing a Belgian so I wouldn't really recommend that one so much but the other ones I mean the maple porter was awesome yeah the maple porter was awesome all right so let's move on to a beer that was uh, sent in by uh, Bill from Texas thank you Bill the uh, Rar and Sons Stormcloud India Pale Ale from Fort Worth Texas. 6.0 alcohol by volume. 64 international bitterness units. Those are IBUs to you and me. Reddish color copper, hops, warrior, and U.S. goldings. Malts, two row, Vienna, and crystal. This one is uh, fairly clear, not ridiculously clear like the last one. I can see Greg, but he's a little fuzzy. A little um, hazy? Yep. A little bit. I mean, it's not like there's particles floating in the beer, right? No, it, it, it's, it's still a clear, clear beer. It's just not it's, a It's darker. Lot. It's darker. That, yeah, that, it's, that it, contributes a lot to it. Well, I'm just saying the clarity is not quite the same. It's not, it's not as filtered or lagered as the other one looked. This one has a nice little foamy head on it, uh, nice and thick. Warrior is one of those big uh, assertive alpha hops, right? Goldings are not quite that, but Warriors, are, I think, are... Warriors are one of those, yeah, high alpha, low cohumulone. It's uh, it's one of the ones that are in the Nugget Nectar. The aroma on this one, it, it's still a malty beer forward, but there's there's a little bit of lemon zest in the aroma. Again, something that's kind of like a lemon-orange zest, kind of like a mix of the two. It's not like a wheat beer, so when I said lemon, I was worried I was giving that impression of a wheat beer. It's not like that at all. There's something citrusy. I don't know if I would necessarily say whether it's lemon or orange, because it almost seems it go further past orange. <laughs> mm-hmm. But getting mango at all? No, but I might be getting like hmm. Like tangerine almost. Okay. Yeah, I think tangerine might have been where I was thinking. A little more meaty than a Yeah, a little orange. bit a little bit more A little bit more orangey. Well, not quite as orangey. Mm-hmm. Not as bright. That's an interesting flavor. It's not not front on hops. It has. I'm getting like chocolate covered. Uh, hell, I don't know. I'm gonna say cho- I'm gonna say chocolate covered cherries. Like kind of like part of that flavor. It's weird. That that's an interesting description because it reminds me of a description of <laughs> this is kind of a little bit off topic, but not quite. I remember I used to drink, when I was a kid, I used to drink Dr. Pepper a lot. Mm-hmm. And I used to drink it warm sometimes. And my friend, Ted, he thought that warm Dr. Pepper tastes like warm yogurt. And there's a little bit of yogurty taste okay. in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the bitterness. I'm getting some hops. But I'm getting this primary flavor that has, I don't know how to put it. it it's almost like a little bit of tart cherry. It's not oxidation. It's it's very weird for me. Um, I almost think my tongue's broken. You know what it is? It's a little eggy, isn't it? 
little custardy. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a weird sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a it's like a it's it's sweetness on your tongue different from malt sweetness. It's like almost like on the front top of your tongue. It feels like it's sitting up on the, the front where you. I mean, it feels uh, there's a little bit of taste like um, not quite yogurt, but like an eclair almost, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, think of an eclair where you have the the. the but then is surrounded that, by that, hops, surrounded that, by a lot of yeah. hops. Is that like phyllo dough? Is that what that's called? Or, uh, or, no, eclair no, is, um, is, uh, is 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 pate show, and then it's. But you get a little bit of the butteriness, a little bit of the 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 fatty of the um, of the bread, and then the the chocolate on top of the eclair is not a foreign flavor in this beer. It's not a chocolate beer. It's not a dark beer. Right. But I'm getting some kind of chocolatey type character i don't know if i'm getting the chocolate so much we're gonna get getting, some critical feedback i'm definitely getting, say there's chocolate in an ipa i'm definitely getting the, the internal sense of, of like if, if you mixed if you made a hoppy eclair filling mm-hmm. it's almost what it would taste like okay you mix the hops with like vanilla pudding or something like that. So, so trying to distill this down to what is actually in there, right? We're we're talking about using some really uh, caramel or bready malts, but they have a, an edge on them which is more vanilla-like than caramel-like. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of gets us there. It's not like a vanilla beer, right? It doesn't have those flavors of of. Um, you know, a it's, vanilla bean It's really something coming out of the combination of flavors here, mm-hmm. right? It's not um, – you can't pull out and I doubt you're going to find much in the way of vanilloids in here. But you, the combination of flavors is kind of mimicking some of that. But, um, but as The abrasiveness of the warrior is really affecting some of the maltiness and, and mm-hmm. it's kind of bringing out some of some volatile ke- chemicals that, that taste a lot like this sort of vanilla-y yeah, to, to flavor. The, like the um, – like a – Boston cream donut, like the cream mm-hmm. that's in there, right? That kind of vanilla flavor is what we're talking about. Right. And that, that pairs in, you know, Boston cream. That's a very custardy flavor. Lots of eggs. Yeah. So let's look at the hop side of the house if we can. Like I said, it, it's, it, you know, mixed in with all this. It, it, it's yeah. a pretty strong and and, uh, and forward hop, um, particularly around surrounding the mm-hmm. flavor uh there is just a big kind of assertive uh, bracing hop a bit and it's pretty high in alpha i mean 64 ibus is not the highest ipa we've ever heard of but it's pretty bitter and it stays on your tongue they mentioned in their um on their website to pair this with thai or indian food and with that sweetness, I can see this working with um, you know Indian. Sort of. I hear IPAs and spicy food a lot, and I don't but, see it. Right, right. I mean, that's that's a go to, right? And they might have put it on the pages of go to. But think of the the sweet custardy character we're getting in here, and think of something you know a very yogurty dish, very yogurty Indian dish. I think that'd be interesting. It might be. It would give it a different dynamic than most IPAs. It might be. I don't like beer with spicy foods in general. Well, I think that, not, think of a not so spicy yogurty type. So uh, more like a, a, a tikka masala or something. Yeah, like that, right? yeah. There's something buttery and yogurty like a chicken tikka masala. It'd be an interesting combination. Or you know that carrot uh, dish they have at the end the sweets the sweet carrot shredded carrots they have dessert they have. 
Uh, I'm not sure about that called. one, but uh, um, I like Raita, which is like uh, it's a yogurt with caraway and right. stuff like that. Um, but now, now I'm thinking of a mango lassi. Now mm, that is all yeah. I want to drink right now. <laughs> right, mm, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yep, sure thing. Other foods, I think this might. I, I would like to try this with lamb. I think this would go go with lamb. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. It's a good call. Yeah, what is the thing to spicy foods? Because I don't see it. I don't really know of a beer that goes well with spicy foods. Because the, the, to me, the the carbonation just stimulates that spiciness and mm-hmm. makes it overwhelming. I mean, I see IPAs in Indian food. That, that's a good, but it's a go to. And I, I thought I meant I wouldn't have mentioned it because it's such a go to and everyone knows it. But this one hits it so different because this one has a sweetness to it that I saw a completely different dynamic with Indian food. So I wanted to talk about it. Fair enough. Jeff, you had some news you wanted to bring up, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we um, we got some feedback recently that uh, they liked the news. And I had a little bit of time, so I went through some of the some of the news resources I used to use are no longer the snowstorm. good news resources. Which Any of these catch your eye you want to talk about first? Well, let's see. OSU. Oregon State University. Got a million dollars from... So OSU got, in total, a combination of a pledge and stuff, say, money they've already provided to about a, to a little over a million dollars to study hops. They're going to uh, institute a new hop breeding program and work closely with the Selhammer's Lab to study essential hop oil composition and how individual oil components impart characteristic of flavor and aroma on beer. Now, here's here's my thing about this. I understand the, the the point of research. I mean, that's great. But research is constantly going on. Mm-hmm. You know, people are trying to breed hops all the time. And is the point of this to copyright hops and to sort of, you know, genetically copyright them? Um, there are hops that are trademarked, right? Amarillo right. is one of them. Um, but there are companies that own hops, right? Right. And um, But being the university, this one, you, the typical stuff typically doesn't get tied Well, the in university here. is... You know, it's Indie Hops is providing them money, yeah. and they may be they may want the research for themselves, so they 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 can though go then and and patent the hops or the hops that come out of it. So, you know, it's like it, it's good and and bad. I mean, well, Jeff I think, and I are not huge fans of copyright. That's why we released a show on Creative Commons, right? I think it's. I mean, from the beer geek side, though, it's like these guys might invent something that is completely new and wacky and and i find it exciting that there's people trying to come up with new aroma hops new flavor hops and and maybe it's obvious but i just saw the story and i'm like this is pretty cool it, there, you know there's gonna be new hops on the horizon but that's that's kind of i mean that that's kind of a given i guess but uh one other quick one i'd is, like a million dollars for our study of hops we do study hops don't we <laughs> yes we do we study hops and malt and yeast and water uh, there's two bills in uh, West Virginia that could lead to a beer tax hike of as much as four cents per bottle. It, I I only bring this up. Beer taxes are nothing new. I'm not a huge you know promoter of beer taxes and and fighting against them, even though I think most of them are nonsense. But they're raising the taxes because beer goes hand in hand with West Virginia's huge drug problem, and they want to get more money to fight the meth, so they're raising beer taxes. I mean, I understand that meth is a huge problem in West Virginia, from what I understand. And meth is, like, a horrible, horrible drug to people. It, it destroys people. Mm-hmm. 
four cents a bottle isn't that it's, it's a it's it's like five times as much as the current tax though so mm-hmm. it's it's uh fifty five no, I'm sorry. Five point five five dollars fifty five cents per barrel. That's what that's what it's been, and they want to raise it to twenty two dollars a barrel. That, I mean, that's a considerable tax, but and, and it's it, I main reason I wanted to mention it is because you know in Allegheny County we have the drink tax, right? Where they they poured drinks, they charge a tax on to help subsidize the public transit system. And I like public transit. I have nothing against well, public transit. Well, the public transit system in Allegheny County sucks. I, I like public transit. I'm not going to say we shouldn't have a public transit system. But why should the beer drinkers and the uh, the alcohol drinkers subsidize the public transit system? Well, you know, people still look at alcohol as a vice. And it's it's unfortunate because I don't think that, you know, I th- look – I think meth is horrible, right? Mm-hmm. And I I think that certain drugs are, are really bad for you. But I also err on the sort of freedom side, which is that if you do it to yourself, well, you do it to yourself. But there, then there's a cost to society of having to deal with this. And there's, you know, drunken driving, which is always bad. And, and so there's so many different things going on that it's hard to kind of say no to these things when you realize that there are people who abuse beer. I mean, there, mm-hmm. we don't. Most sure. people who listen to this show probably don't, but you can't say people don't abuse beer. No, I agree. But why do the alcohol drinkers need to subsidize the, the public transit system? Someone know? has to do it. Someone has to do it. And if you're going to make the, the taxpayers subsidize it, shouldn't it be something that well, I mean, is more even-handed? Well, yeah. I mean, I think they should make marijuana legal and tax that. And then huge amounts of money will be pouring in, right? All right, let's go on to the next board. You know, make the smokers do it. You know, I'm not a smoker, so again, it doesn't bother me. But again, okay, so smokers typically their taxes go to health things, right? Makes sense. Beer taxes, if they went to health things, I wouldn't have as much of an argument, right? Because there are health issues related. Well, to I would rather people who get blitz at a bar take public transportation than drive. That's a stretch because it's a little bit of a stretch. in this culture, drunk driving is such a problem that making a bus run a little more often, you know, through tax dollars is not going to have the effect to get that person not to drive. So, well, especially in Pittsburgh, where, like I said, the transit system sucks anyway, so you can't get anywhere with it. Right, right. Anyway. This next beer is from Two Brothers Brewing. We did a spotlight on them recently, and we saved one beer back Two Bros. for the IPA show. This is their heavy-handed IPA. And we got some feedback about Two Brothers. I'm not sure we mentioned it on the air. We called their one beer uh, Domini Dupage because it seemed like a very French-named right. beer. And you wouldn't believe how many people from um, the area said it's DuPage County. And they laughed at us when we said DuPage. But I'm like, it, the fr- first part of the name is Domini, a very French Flandersy name, whatever it is. So are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that the Ebel brothers didn't mean it to be pronounced DuPage? And I also point out that we have in Pennsylvania, there's a town called North Versailles. But I much prefer North Versailles. I mean, come on. 
that's what he's saying is it's spelled like Versailles, like Versailles Treaty. I mean, that's where it well, came from. That's where the word came from. But, but we pronounce it North but Versailles. But it's been it's been twisted in North Versailles. But I think if you say North Versailles, that it's just better. It works better. It sounds better off on the tongue. But DuPage the, sounds better than DuPage. It's like Notre Dame sounds better than Notre Dame. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're saying their city name wrong. I'm just saying the beer is a Belgian, Flemish, French style beer. Right. And it's Domini, DuPage, or Domini DuPage. And I'm like, if, you know, if we see the Apple Brothers and get to talk to them, maybe it's Saber Saber or something. I have to ask them. Yeah, yeah. What they intend. For that beer, I bet. I don't know for sure, but I bet they'd they'd be like, "You can do it either way." It could be. Smell this puppy. This is the heavy-handed IPA from Two Brothers Brewing. Two Brothers is in Warrenville, Illinois, and probably in DuPage County, Illinois, in DuPage County. (laughs) Seventeen point one degrees Play-Doh. 65 IBUs, 6.7% alcohol by volume. Oh, it's a wet hop beer. So uh, they brewed this in the fall, and when the hop harvest comes in, I know we have listeners like Tom Schmidlin, former beer drinker of the year, who despises the term wet hops. So I, for him, I will say hops that have not been kiln dried. <laughs> hops that still have a high moisture content and will rot if you okay. don't use them in a beer right away. All right. See, yeah, it's a little bit longer than wet hops. Yeah. He doesn't like wet hops because it, it, people, you know, to him it's they soaked them in water before they put them in the beer or something and they're dripping and they're, they're just high moisture content hops that haven't been dried and they will get rot, rotten. But there must be an easier way to say that than saying high moisture content hops that haven't been dried yet. Fresh hops? I think he's okay with fresh hops. But fresh hops isn't as specific, really, because yeah. that's anything that's not stale. Right. It's tough. It's tough to say. So you say he also hates hop flowers. What if you say undried hops? That might be okay. That's a little bit more specific, right? It doesn't quite tell the whole story to someone who doesn't know what that means. Though. No, but it tells it, right. it tells more of a specific story than fresh hops. Right. So when you have a wet hopped beer or a beer with hops that have high moisture content because they have not been kilned yet, um, and thus will spoil if they're not used right away, it, it gives it a more uh, grassy, more vegetal character to it. So you'll think of uh, – generally a lot of the wet hop beers, they have a lot of caramel flavor and then they have this wet hop, which is this more grassy type thing, and it plays well together. You're, I think that the general aroma you get is something akin to asparagus. A little bit leafy, a little bit grassy. A little bit. This one is very hoppy in the aroma. I mean, this one, I'm not getting any kind of asparagus at all, really. I'm getting... What am I getting out of this? This is the biggest aroma thus far in the show. Don't say urinal. Don't say urinal. I was well. Greg. Greg is. Greg is talking about you know when he used to call hops urinal, and 
I was debating whether to throw this out there and say this one's a little bit catty, right? A little bit of the the you know the very um, biological, uh, biological. You know the um, the ammonia flavor that comes from urine. You know, there's a touch of that in here because it's not quite a cit- it's not citrusy, right? I mean, right. Let's let's say with things that it isn't. Right? Okay. It's not. It's not. Okay. It's not granite. It's. <laughs> it's well, I meant hop wise. The, the you know let's let's top out take out some of the most popular hop flavors. It's not citrusy. It's not really piney, or um, spicy. Spicy. It, it's one of those ones that is more. When you say asparagus, this is closer to asparagus pea, right? Indeed. So. And I'm still not sure if I like the smell or like don't like the smell. Everyone loves their own brand. You wouldn't like somebody else's brand, though. Of asparagus pee. Okay, just took my first sip of the beer. And it, it's a lot more malty in the flavor than the aroma leads on. The hops are a little harder to find in that first sip. It's a lot thinner, too, than I would have expected. But I'm getting bitter, lots of bitterness late in the flavor right yeah. now. Yeah. So this is one that's going to build and build and build and be more bitter as we drink it. The bitterness really comes on about 20 seconds after you drink it. But I'm not too impressed with the with the mouthfeel. I mean, I expected more. It does taste a little watery up front. A little thin. Yeah, pretty light. And, you know, for a... 6.7% alcohol by volume. You kind of expect a little bit more. Well, I'm going to take a couple more sips before I draw final judgment on this one. But yeah, it did seem thin on the first, couple sip, first two sips. It almost has that effect of that when it first hits your tongue, it's like there's a coating of water that makes it so you don't really taste much. Mm-hmm. And then some of the flavors start to come in after you swallow, after you get it down. It, it's, uh, it really is... A, the very definition of aqueous in the sense that it has this sort of water coating around mm-hmm. it. So I just took a sip, one of those ones where I swish the beer back and forth a few times before I swallow it. It wakes the hops up. It doesn't help the body at all, but it helps the, wakes the hops up. And I'm getting tons of bitterness all over my mouth right now. It's in my cheeks. It's on my tongue. It's on my lips in front of my teeth. It's really bitter. I just did the same thing. Yeah, it's very bitter and... uh Puckerish, mm-hmm. you know, definitely tries to 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 salivate to, to, to excite your salivary glands with that. And it's been a while since I've had Bill's Two Hearted Ale, but for some reason my beer database is cranking. It's like this beer is kind of similar, but this one's more malty, but it has the similar hop flavor or something. Bell's has a much better body to it, uh, and well, it doesn't sure. have uh, as as lingering a bitterness. Okay, and also has a more uh, a, a sweeter combination of the malts okay um i i know this i'm not big on beer databases but bells is one of my go-to's one of my standards and um, i'm a big fan of that beer and this beer is not okay anywhere near bells that was a false read then for my database i'm afraid so yeah we were we um we're very high on two brothers brewing i'm not that high on this one it's hoppy but it's well, not, it's an IPA. It better yeah, be happy. But there's not a lot of balance here. There's not another angle. It's just it's coating my teeth. Uh-huh. It's it's in my lips and my cheeks, and the bitterness is, is biting on this one. Yeah, it's a little bit like 
All right, we're going to throw hops in a beer. Boom. Take it. And it feels like they didn't craft it as well as maybe they could have. I mean, we know how great they can craft a beer, a beer at Two Brothers. It feels This one feels a little bit neglected almost. I feel a little bit like uh, they had to make an IPA, so they made this. I, I just took another sip of this thing, and I'm coming in at it with a different, slightly different angle now. It's a wet hop beer, right? And I, I grow hops, so I you know suck on them. Right? Do you remember sucking on a hop, that, that hop flavor you get, that, that intense bitterness? You get a lot of that. I'm getting a lot of that now that my mouth is thoroughly coated with this beer. It's almost like there's like fresh hops. When you um, suck on a hop... Or put a hop, a fresh hop, in a beer. It is so acidic that it kind of ravages the back of your throat a little bit, and your throat gets a little bit raw and sore. And while my throat's not sore today, I'm getting some of those flavors, some of those precursors of of that fresh hop in the beer. I mean, sucking on a hop is in- an interesting experience, but not a great one. It's not something that it's, is it's intense. The flavor, yeah. right? It's and, and I'm not saying you know it's it's uh, something you. It's also, I'm not saying it's something that the average person can't handle or that you know non-believers en- won't enjoy. It, 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 it's, it's just an intense flavor. I much more enjoy holding a fresh half of my hand and smelling it than I do mm-hmm. putting it in my mouth. Right. It, it, if you, it does start tearing at your throat, all that, yeah. humi- uh, the, all the lupulin. And when you think of the flavors around that, when your throat's getting kind of raw, you know, I'm getting some of the same flavors here. It's hard to describe, though. Because to me, it's like, it, it tastes... Almost a little menthol right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's hard for me to put other words to it. So if you haven't sucked on a wet hop, a fresh hop, it's hard for me to describe. Because when I'm tasting this, I'm thinking of the yellow powder in my mouth. you know, mm-hmm. And that's how I'm describing it. Putting that to other words, to other food types, there's not many things like it. I mean, maybe if you sucked in a pine cone, it might be a similar type experience. Yeah, unless people have done that. <laughs> and it might be easier to find pine cones than it would be to find hops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fresh hops. Yeah, pine cones are going to be all sappy and gross. Yeah. And, so that's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that at or all. A couple, say a couple of pine needles in your mouth. That Those are very resinous and... But it's not the same thing. It's not the humulone, right? It, it's, it's totally different. Anheuser-Busch, January of 2010, is down 12.2% over the previous year. Now, MBEV probably is pissed off. That's a insane drop. Yeah. Now, is it because like Miller and Miller Coors has jumped ahead of them? Is uh, It doesn't really say. They've had a, a big volume drop. They talk about the, uh, the cost-cutting measures they've been doing. Uh, the article is kind of vague, other than just the numbers. Yes, yeah, uh, so we don't know whether you know have their craft beer, have their forays in the craft beer been hurting them? Have has that been successful to any point? I think. I mean, I would have to say that those are you know not. I just I mean, that can't count for twelve percent, right? Yeah, I, I I think that you know either it's just a bad month and people aren't buying beer or. Anheuser Bush has changed their marketing since the Imbev thing, and I wonder if they were if they needed their old marketing to sustain their sales, and and it's dropping off now. Because think of what you see on TV now. I don't see the same kind of Budweiser ads, same kind of Anheuser Bush promotions that I used to see. Well, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, so I didn't see any the 
Bud ads, or, or I'm sure the Bud Light crazy. There was a couple ads. good Bud Light ones that were the Bud Light ones were funny this year. I enjoyed them more than normal. And there was the obligatory Clydesdales. I miss Bud Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I really miss Bud Bowl. Because I was always, you know, you always pick the team and you rooted for them. Right, right. Avery Brewing Company is going to start canning their beer in May. And uh, Greg was debating whether to, you know, we should talk about this because he thought it was more of a press release. I like hearing that breweries are adopting cans and, like, Avery, get a can of Avery, take it, you know, because you can do more things with cans than you can do with bottles. I mean, I like cans as a beer delivery system. So they're going to can four beers, uh, Ellie's Brown Ale, White Rascal, the India Pale Ale, and a fourth beer to be announced later. There's a there's a thing at the bottom of the li- the article. It's probably just complete speculation. They're talking about pounder cans of Maharaja. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> That's their Imperial IPA, ten percent. Yeah. yeah, Oscar Blues has proven that you can put a high alcohol beer in a can. Ted Fitty. Uh, uh, Old Chubb's pretty Old big Chubbs. beer. Yeah. So And they're they're putting a double IPA in a can now called Govna. Or Gubna. <laughs> Gubna. 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 <laughs> I think it's supposed to be said with an English accent or a Cockney accent. Right? Yeah. Gubna. Shine your shoes, Gubna. All right. The next beer of the evening is an IPA, but it was one of those black IPAs or black. India dark ales, depending on who you are. Yakima Twilight Ale from Victory. Victory right here in Pennsylvania. It's hopped with four whole flower Yakima Valley hops. Now I don't want to say four. Four whole, the, the four flower. I don't know. Four different varieties of hops. Maybe yes. uh, malts are imported German malts, and alcohol by volume, eight point seven percent. That's pretty high. The thing has about, that's double IPA range. Well, they they replaced top wallop with this beer, right. right? So I never realized it was so big until you mentioned that. I've had this beer a few times. I didn't realize it was a big beer like that. Uh, Yakima Twilight and. Uh, it is a very hoppy beer, but it pours like a brown ale. It's not black like like the Stones, um, righteously self indulgent. Is that what they call it? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like Stone. Yep, sounds like what Greg would do. It's a ruby brown color. Big head on these beers. Very big head. It's got three and a half fingers worth of Ooh, head. On here. I'm not sure if this bottle's in good shape. This one smells kind of weird. It does smell a little bit. Um, Sounds like a little bit nail polishy, right? Maybe like nail polish on dirty toes. So the it says best by October fourteenth, twenty ten. So this beer has like a, a nine. No, I bought this. When did I get this? It probably has a year shelf life on it. There's this is giving off some weird flavors. I didn't get in draft when I had it. Some weird phenols in there, right? Yeah. It's, I don't think this bottle's right. I have another bottle. You want to try it? See if it's different. I guess we can take the it's take from, the plunge. It's from the same case, but yeah. might as well try a different bottle. Sure. Yakima Twilight Part 2. Page 2. Yeah, we better rinse with water on these glasses to get any of that weird phenolic flavor out. That was my Paul Harvey. That did pour with a really big head. This one, that's uh, about the same. I think that smells a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, that smells different. I'm not sure if I talked about this on the air. I think I did. Did I talk about the um, the Victory Helios and talking with the sales manager 
and it was actually intentionally breaded. I think so. Okay. But you can talk about it again. All right. So I um, met the sales manager for Victory, Steve, uh, Steve German, out at Bogtown a little bit ago. And we were talking about Victory V12 versus Helios, or no, V Saison versus Helios, because I was told, I heard on the internets, that they're the same beer and a new package and a new label. So I, I bought some Helios. Actually, I bought Helios before I knew it was the same beer. And I tasted them side by side, and the Helios tasted off, tasted funky, tasted a little bit leathery. And then I realized, oh, it's there's Brett in the beer. Like they got some wild devil, like you know, contaminated the Helios. So I was talking to Steve, and it's intentionally breaded. It's not V saison. It's V saison with Brett, the Helios, and they don't make the V saison anymore. In my opinion, the V saison was a better beer. Knowing that it's supposed to be breaded, it's not bad, but interesting. I know my my father loved the V saison. He thought that was a great beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd like the Brett so much. Yeah, it's... Because it, 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 that takes a little getting used to. It's not like, you know, a Flanders or something like that where it's mm-hmm. a really enjoyable sour. It's a little bit leathery, and like you said, it's got yeah. a little bit of a of a funkiness to it. Yep. This one does smell a lot better. Yeah. I'm getting some citrus hops in there. I'm getting... Um, ooh, am I getting a little roast in the room, or is that just the color of screwing with my nose? Perception is everything. Yeah, I'm not thinking. I'm, I think I'm just smelling hops. I'm smelling. I don't know. Is there still band aids in it? Let me see. There's a little bit of plasticky flavor in there. It's still in there. It's not as pronounced, but it's mm-hmm. still in there. Yeah, flavor's pretty good. I'm, I'm getting more in the aroma than the flavor. I haven't been knocked out by this beer yet. I mean, I, give me hop wall up any day. Um. This one has some hops to it. Give me Hop Devil any day. I just yeah. <laughs> people rave about Yakima Twilight. Just not my not my genes, I guess. Yeah, I mean th- this bottle again is a little bit. It's got a little bit of yeah. Of, the, uh, I, I get in the aroma. Okay, now I get in the flavor. It's a little plasticky, a little band aid. Oh well. So it's hard to evaluate this one in full. But I know I've had this on tap, and it just yeah, it didn't didn't strike my fancy either. It's. Uh, I'm not a big abrasive hop on super hop wallaby kind of guy anyway. I did enjoy hop wallaby for what it was. Mm-hmm. All right, we're on to an English style India Pale Ale from a little old brewery called Three Floyds Brewing Company. Never heard of them. And this is the Blackheart. And this has a wicked, wicked label. You see this, this is, again, this is. This, this is close to IPA. I mean, eight percent alcohol by volume, seventy IBUs. How can you call that an IPA, and not a DIPA? That's. I mean, well, we'll let the yeah, we'll, we'll let, let the we'll taste. let the palate decide. But eight percent is a lot for an IPA. This is a beer from our buddy Rick Sizemore from uh, Newport, Kentucky, otherwise known as Cincinnati, Ohio. It's right across the river. Ooh. <laughs> Jeffy Likey. So, what am I smelling there? It's it's sweet, it's hoppy. It's, it's kind of like um kind of like a uh 
a dying maple leaf, right? You know, it starts to turn a little bit uh, color, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you smell it. And it's, it's a little bit of leafy color, but also a little bit of leafy flavor, but also a little bit of a sweetness to it. So, does that make any sense? When I think of, yeah, I mean, I, I, when it's still like red or yellow. Yeah, yeah. I don't really think those are, those to me don't come across as sweet. I mean, those come across more as... I don't know how to describe well, that. Well, I'm getting an aroma that's similar to like a pile of leaves. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also getting an aroma that's similar to like a maple sweetness. And so I'm just trying to combine them. Mm-hmm. And so I think of a of a dying maple leaf. Oh, that smells so good. I need to find words. Come on, words. That's what we do. We are on the radio and it's all words. And other sounds, I suppose. I'm getting all... Like, this is wicked in like flavors. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of graham cracker... I'm getting a little bit of of like Parmesan cheese. I'm getting a little bit of uh, uh, mustard greens or something like that. Dill, maybe dill, mm, mustard, mustard closer to it. Yeah, it, it's crazy on the nose. I love smelling it, but it's so hard for me to find words to talk about what it smells like because it doesn't smell like any hop. That you know we're used to smelling. I still stand by leafy, like a big mm-hmm. pile of leaves. Uh, so leafy is a little more, but not like asparagus leafy. You know, not like right. grassy leafy. I'm thinking like, of like, like a, a pile of maple leaves, right? Yeah. Like I, I get plenty in the backyard when I have to rake them every fall. And those, how's that compare? It's not the same. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. come up with something yeah. close to it, or reasonably close. You take a pile of leaves and pour this beer on it. That's what it smells like. There you go. Perfect. Perfect description. (laughs) That will tell everybody what it smells like. All right. So the the aroma kind of defies description a bit. We've tried our best. I think Jeff kind of nailed a little bit with the Parmesan. Mm -hmm. There's there's a little bit there. I definitely can smell that. On the uh, flavor, it tastes like it's oak-aged. It tastes like an oaked IPA, don't you think? Tastes like a double IPA. It's a big beer. It's a double IPA. It's very alcoholic. Yeah, it's a double. I mean, there's no it's a, question. It's a, about double it's a double English IPA. IPA. Yeah, um, it doesn't taste oaky to me so much, but it's just the, the, the. I think the alcohol content is is bringing out some of those volatiles that uh, are reminiscent. You know, that are reminiscent of a of a big oaky one. I don't taste oak. I taste alcohol, and I taste um, maltiness. You know, sweetness to go along with that to to bring the alcohol up. Oh, it is oaked, aged on toasted oak. Hi, right, my palate is awesome. You're you're right. I don't taste it. I mean, to me, it, it's more of an alcohol thing. So they call this a uh, UK IPA brewed with all English ingredients and aged on toasted oak. So not not in barrels, right? It's probably planks, chips, planks. Yeah, probably chips. I couldn't find this beer on the Three Floyds website. Oh, I found it. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's in their uh, seasonals. Beer Advocate calls this a 9%. It's English an artistic UK. collaboration with our friends at Blackheart Tattoo in San Francisco. <laughs> that kind of makes up for the – explains the label, right? Yeah. It's very tattoo arty. You got this two-headed skeleton chugging black-hearted beer, but his um, chest is open where the heart was taken out. And the top of his esophagus is kind of a spout pouring the beer 
and you can't really see where it goes because it goes off the bottom of the label. And Alpha Kong is off to the bottom left hand of the label, and there's some other characters that are probably Three Floyd's art characters that I don't recognize. Anyway. Yeah, it's a crazy label. Skeleton drinking the beer. Doesn't seem like it'd be too fulfilling for a skeleton, but you know, whatever. Do you, do you have any interest in going up to Dark Lord Day? I'm not sure what it is, but I'm no. just curious and just gauging your interest, no? Okay. No. No, I have absolutely no interest. Not to buy the not to stand in line and buy the Dark Lord, but just to go to the party. No? Maybe. Okay. Stand yeah, the standing line to buy the Dark Lord part. No. No. But going to a festival of of beer. That might be cool. Okay. Off the wolf, let's see if we can line it up then. Because I like to go up there. This is a pretty enjoyable beer, but it's a double. So, I mean, I really don't know whether it. How I'm going to rank it against the other ones because it's got an advantage over the other ones. It's got higher alcohol. They're playing around more with some extra ingredients, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. I didn't realize it was okay when I pulled this out. Um, if I knew it was as big a beer, I would have done it last time with the double IPAs. Yeah. I have a, um, I actually have another Three Floyds double IPA, Apocalypse Cow, <laughs> double IPA with lactose. Apocalypse Cow was in the tick. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. 40 foot tall cow breathes fire from, shoots fire from his teats. It, it might be the same cow. Maybe. Yeah, this is really tasty. It has that Three Floyds flavor. I wouldn't yeah. go... I wouldn't call this beer man candy, but it's it's luscious. It's very delicious lots of, and, and lots very of nice and drinkable. It's also I I would be hard pressed to to rank it in the same way as these other IPAs because it's just I mean it can easily beat them just because of uh, of, of mm-hmm. what it's doing with its flavors right. and with alcohol and that and it's not it's not a fair fight. Yeah, it's taking a gun to a knife fight for sure. Right. Three Floyds they. I can't. I have a hard time thinking of a better brewery that marries the malt, how the malt plays with the hops. It just they they, it's a marriage made in heaven with yeah. Three Floyds. They've 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 got it nailed down. I mean, there's a reason why Three Floyds is very high up on everyone's list. Unless you want to try Apocalypse Cow, I guess it's ranking time. We try that later. I'm having a hard time tonight. I mean, all right, I'll go. Okay, well, I think we're gonna disqualify the Yakima. Because we never got a really good taste of it. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that Yakima would not have held up to some of these other beers. I'm trying to remember the, the Rarns, the Storm Cloud. What was that like? That was the vanilla. Oh, right, uh, right, right. Okay. Eclair one. Right. So they all had kind of unique kind of flavor. It wasn't. It, yeah, it was, it was almost like not even doing a style show. Wow, yeah. The, the beers were so different. Um. I'm I'm gonna put the the Saranac first. I just think that the the, the Rye PA, which is it, it's really enjoyable and really drinkable. Uh, now, it, are you disqualifying Blackhearted or I I am not going to count Blackhearted in with with the rest. With, with I'm I'm gonna count these three and I'm, I'm gonna say Blackhearted is sort of separate. I'm gonna okay. keep that as its, as its own beer just simply because I mean I think the Blackhearted was the most enjoyable beer of the night, but it also cheated. It cheated, yeah. Uh, so in terms of just the IPA parts, uh, the Saranac, I think, was number one. Uh, I really, really enjoy the Saranac a lot. 
Uh, the rye really comes through very well. Um, it uses that interesting Zotz and Hiller Tau. I mean, that that's crazy for an IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's more of a pale ale than IPA. I think we both kind of you know agreed on that. But it works. It works really well. It's very an American tasty. pale ale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go with the the storm cloud next. The interesting and unique custardy flavor mixed with hops. That's different. Very different. And uh, one thing that Jeff and I like is different because we've had a lot of, of beers. And so different's good. Mm-hmm. Something that, that makes us think is good. Uh, the heavy-handed from uh, from Two Brothers, it was too aqueous for me. It really didn't uh, it didn't fit. And then it was just too bitter at the end. So it was just kind of like a bitter bomb. And it didn't feel as crafted as some of the other Two Brothers stuff that we've had. So I put that last, and then, like I said, I mean, Black Carter would be number one if it was a double IPA show, and these were all double IPAs that failed, but they aren't. So right, right. right. Uh, I don't know what you can do in, in terms of ranking there. Are you one, two, three, and one? I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Black Carter was wonderful, but it's it's not fair. And uh, so I liked it a lot, but I'm not going to you know disqualify him from judging. My favorite IPA of the night, I think, is the the Rar and Sons uh, Stormcloud IPA. Um, different, crazy, mm-hmm. confusing. You guys probably think we're idiots for saying I started out with chocolate covered cherries and we ended up at Eclairs, custard Eclairs. I mean, it's not that big of a leap. I know, but you guys probably think we're idiots for calling an IPA that flavor, but it was unique. It still had IPA character to it. Still hops. There's still bitterness. Mm-hmm. I dug it. Uh, number two. I'm going to put the Saranac. I, I enjoyed the bitterness and the heavy-handed, but again, it wasn't as balanced of a beer. It wasn't as well-crafted, like you said. So I'm going to have to give the, the Saranac, which was a more mild beer, but a better-crafted beer, mm-hmm. uh, the place in front of the heavy-handed from Two Brothers. Uh, it, decent, but it just it wasn't balanced. It was, yeah, it was thin-embodied. It was It lived up to its bitter. name. It was a little heavy-handed on the hops, right? So yeah. it lived yep. up to its name. Yeah, it definitely infers that care wasn't taken. It just made a hoppy beer. And I don't want to say that's the brewer's intention by the name, but it, it actually it's fortuitous because yeah. it, it comes true. I used a big word. We did. It's nice. a 10 cent word. Nice. Way to go. Yes. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Oh, where would you put the, I mean, would you just, the black Black card? I think it has to be number one. It's good. But it's just like, but it's not fair. It, no, I would rank it in the double IPA show. I mean, yeah. if we did this side by side with the Great Divide Oak Aged IPA, we'd have a we'd have a battle. It'd, oh yeah, it'd be battle a royale. It'd be a contest. But in this, it was just it just can't be judged yeah. with the, these beers. No, I agree with you. All right, so that's our show for this evening. We hope that the weather conditions and other things will not affect us so much that we'll be able to be back onto a, a normal uh, weekly schedule. It's not that bad. I uploaded the uh, yeah. the 21st Amendment thing the other day. All right, so there's that. At least until, you know, Jeff has spawned number two. And then we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. 
You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear. 